Hello and welcome to Behind the Lashes with me, Joanna Lee. In this series, I'm going to be speaking to lash artists from around the globe. I want to know what makes them tick and also how they're surviving C19. So I am going a bit off-piste with Behind the Lashes today and I'm delighted to introduce a very special guest. He's Peng. He's Lash-based Jamie. Hello everybody. Thanks for having me, Joe. You're welcome. I had to say that. You did say that I had to say <laughs> to one of my contributors that they were Peng. It just had to be you. Have I, I embarrassed it, you? Are I you think passionate? that says something about my age too. <laughs> Oh dear. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, this is Behind the Lashes. So as you probably know the format now, we go take you back to childhood. First of all, how was that? Childhood for me was, um, well, as, as you know, just in case anybody doesn't know my background, my mum is the owner of and founder of Lashface, the company that the the entire Butler family now work for. Um, so for us, we were lucky enough when we were younger. Um, my mum was a stay-at-home mum. So my dad uh, had his own business. He owned a record store, and this was like before the days of uh, ASDA selling CDs, before the days of iTunes, before the days of anything like that. Um, so the only place that you would go and get your music was from a record store. So my dad had a successful business. He was running that with his brother, um, financially funded to start with by his mum. So it's sort of gone like that, but we were lucky enough as kids, we had our mum at home. So mum would be the one that would take us to all of our football training. She would take us to all of the school events. She would always be there. So I'd say, I, I don't know if I feel guilty about this, but I had a pretty privileged and lucky childhood upbringing, definitely. Well, she's getting her pound of flesh now, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I say that to her, because me and my twin brother were actually test tube babies. No so, way! Yeah, yeah. My uh, mum my was, was told that she couldn't have kids, um, so they went down like, the IVF route. Uh, I think that failed a couple of times and then they ended up paying, I think it was privately for like, I don't know if it's one up from the IVF, it's called the, the anagram or the, the, the letters are gift. So I don't know if that stands for, oh. stands for genetically something. Um, but yeah, so she, she paid back in 1989, I think she paid around about £4,000 an egg for us. And there was four eggs and two of us managed to, obviously make it through so we keep saying to I keep saying to my mum look you paid four grand for me and look what you got for your money <laughs> well she got two gifts for the price of one. Oh no she had to pay four thousand each right yeah yeah and she paid for four and then two uh two were successful what but would have the, happened if four had been successful well then lash base would have had more staff then wouldn't it <laughs> no I think that and then so my mum paid for that obviously I say paid for us she wanted kids so she mm. she um had IVF and was lucky enough to be successful uh, and then uh, like a year and a half two years later because she was told she couldn't have kids um then my little brother came along as a 
as an accident because oh. the thing it was one of those where i think the doctor had said sometimes your body just needs to be shown how to do it mm. once and then that's it it will it'll know what it's doing and then so as soon as my other my younger brother who's not that young now but my younger brother was born that was it my dad went for the old snip just to make, just to make sure because my mum's my one of those people she would have definitely had a football team oh. if she could um and especially she was she wanted a girl so she had three boys and she was used to getting ganged up on by three boys and the dad and her being the only girl uh which after we'd all grown up which is why what led her to start the business that she had because she called it her girl it was her girl was her business in beauty I listened Pretty to cool. her interview on your Lash Base podcast and actually it did make me cry because I thought it was so touching the way that she told that story. It was lovely. So were you a good boy at school? Were you a swat or were you smoking behind the bike sheds? <sighs> um, uh, sad to say I was, I was the naughty one. I was the black <laughs> sheep. Um, I, both, all of uh, my... My other two brothers were were good, like good enough. They were good, um, but no, I was. I, I think I got in with the wrong crowd of people when I was a kid, and my mum says to me now, like you were always a good boy. You just got in with the wrong group, and she said, if I could go back now, I would drag you by your ears away from them. Uh, but at the time, <laughs> my dad was the one that ended up getting his way because he said no. Julie, let Jamie do whatever he wants because he'll all come round in the end. Let him do his thing and he'll, he'll end up where he's supposed to be in the end. And, and my mum hates it, but my dad was right. Oh, well, he's a wise man, your dad. And he is the one that came up with the Lash Base name, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, in the most, like, unglamorous fashion possible, the... Um, the, the lash base. Now, the thing is, I tell this story and I feel like it takes away from the beauty and the quality <laughs> of the lash base brand itself. So this, the story behind why lash base is called lash base is my mum needed uh, a name for her business. And at the time, uh, they had kiss lashes. So it was kiss lashes. Um, and that was going fine. But little did they know because they went for the trademark um, for kiss lashes. And what they found out was that there's a company called Kiss Cosmetics, which everyone now, like nowadays, you see them in boots. You can't, you can't miss Kiss little flare lashes and party lashes in, in boots. But they weren't around in England 10 years ago or just over 10 years ago. Um, so uh, they then had a letter through the door from Kiss Cosmetics in America who were, had just made a deal with boots um, two months prior to... Mm my mum and dad putting in the application for the trademark. So they were two months short of getting the name. If they'd done it two months earlier, Kiss Cosmetics would have had to have been the ones with a different name. But it is what it is. And so they had to come up with a new name. And my, my dad was sat there brainstorming around like the kitchen table with my mum, like saying to her, like, right, Julie, so what, what does your business do? What is it? What is your business? And she went, well, I want it to be if, if you need anything for lashes, anything lash related, then you would come to me and I would be able to provide you with anything lash related. And he went, oh, that sounds similar to uh, what I do. Because at the time, my dad, uh, although he was running his record shop, he loved DIY. And he, he said that's similar to a shop where 
when I go and get anything that I need for the home, for the house, I go to home base. So why not call it lash base? And then my mum just went, all right, okay. And then, so that's where the name come from. I think now it has like a different meaning and feel, but it's crazy to think that just from my dad going, well, I shop at home base, so we're not lash based. But it really works then. though. And I don't know why it really works because when you break it down like that, you're right. It does sound a bit unglamorous, but I think the word lash is such a lush word that because it's at the front of base, it's still a, a lovely sounding name. I think it, it, well, it, it works now when you, although it's a funny way that it came about, you can now look at it and say, well, we're, you always talk about the base of lashes anyway. You always, it is a base for all things mm -hmm. lashes. It mm -hmm. is that you can use it in any which way you want. But uh, what we learned from that and something that I've taken with me for everything that I do is, uh, and there's loads of examples of this, is that what you name something isn't as important as you think. Because I think a lot of people do really get hung up on what they're going to name their business or what they're going to call themselves or a certain product. But if you just think, imagine like the first person when, when they said, oh, I'm going to call my business Apple. Mm. And they say, what, what, what are you going to sell? Oh, phones or computers. Well, what, why Apple or Asda or Google? Or, mm -hmm. like they're, they're terrible names, really, if you just take them out of context. Yeah. But, now they're now they're household names so now when it comes to us naming products we do put a bit of thought into it and try and be a little bit clever um but at the same time we don't we don't let that stop the progress of something no. that's going on well it's the same when you're naming children isn't it it's such a responsibility to name another human being but whatever you name that child that person does become that name you know, mm. even if people go, oh, we don't like that name you know I knew someone at school called Henry and he was awful but you know lo and behold, little Henry becomes a, a big Henry that suits his name. Yeah, well, that's just, um, my name, funnily enough, isn't Jamie. My name, my name is James, my real <laughs> name. Yeah, oh. I'm, I'm being serious. When um, my, uh, my mum's dad is called David, which is why my brother is called David, and my dad's dad uh, was called James, so that's why I was named James. But as, like when I was born, they hated the thought of going, oh, look, it's little baby James. So it was Jamie, baby Jamie sort of thing. And yeah. then ever since, Jamie has, I've never in my life been called James. Really? Apart from, apart from on like official forms or like the first days of school or stuff when you have to say, no, it's, uh, it's Jamie. Yeah. My brother's called Jamie too, and he's never been a James. So there you go. <laughs> so what ambitions did you have whilst growing up? Um, I think like many uh, people like me, I wanted to be a footballer at the time. I think from the age of nine till around about 13 or 14, all I did was play football. So yeah, for me, I was I've always been active, always been into sport. And for me, it was between nine and 13, nine and no, even all the way up till 16, I wanted to be a footballer. And then it was when I hit like college and I was in with the wrong group of people that I lost interest in, in the playing side of it um, and then had other, other, I say had other, I had no aspirations for a small period of my life. So your family set up now, as in your nuclear family, is what? Uh, right now, obviously in lockdown, is me, Gemma and Ollie, my little boy, so my wife and my little boy. 
and uh, outside of that so we've got like my mum and my dad my two brothers their two wives um and we've all got one child each and yeah that's our that's like and oh and my granddad lives with um with my mum and dad in like an annex that's on the side of their house as well so that's like our closest close-knit family do does your wife ever get pissed off with you going to these events and traveling away you're surrounded by women often very glamorous ones i'm not sure how i would feel about my husband being in that situation all the time uh do you know in a word no she doesn't i'm so lucky for that genuinely so lucky i think there's no smoke without fire I give her no reason to not trust in anything that I'm doing. So there's never, ever a questionable thing. She has come to the events and she's seen, seen me. She's seen me as normal house Jamie that can be angry. And she's also seen lash-based Jamie, which she enjoys to take the mick out of. Um, but I, <laughs> I've got, I, I feel I've got this like trait of, I'm the the world's best at being in the friend zone if you get that so for me I don't think I don't think for me I and this is how my brain works anyway <laughs> there's never anything in in being in a room full of women no matter what they look like or sound like or act like for me I'm always yeah there's like I said there's no smoke without fire and luckily enough um Gemma just rolls her eyes whenever she sees cuz she I get it quite a lot when people uh, tag tag me because I've liked one of their pictures and they've said they say something nice and Jem just goes ugh you should live with him he's horrible <laughs> so how she, does she keeps, she keeps me grounded she keeps me grounded that's good how does house base how how house based Jamie differ to lash based Jamie um I think when I am lash based Jamie I lean heavily into using my, my power of empathy as in mm -hmm. everything I do I consider without uh, before I speak I consider how the other person is feeling what the what what they're going through what they're hoping to achieve before I then answer trying to figure out that so I'm quite good at like there's a few things that I use when working I never ever you know, anyone speaks to me or anything I'll never blame anyone for anything like, mm -hmm. So people hate having the, the finger pointed at them to say, yeah, this is your fault. You're doing something wrong. And instead, it's about working with someone to figure and help them figure out for themselves what it is that could have caused an issue. So that's lash based Jamie. House Jamie will just point fingers and say, no, this is your fault. <laughs> and that's it. Who's taken my whatever? Who's got yeah. this? Who, who's seen this? Somebody must have done X, Y or Z wrong. Oh, and I think as well, Lash-based Jamie will do anything for anyone at any time, all the time. House Jamie is the one that goes, well, I did that last time, so it's your turn. <laughs> so. Who puts out the bins in your house? Oh, unfortunately, um, Gemma's the boss in our relationship. She likes to, to let me think that I am. And, but she has designated, I don't know if this is a little bit old school, but she's designated things, pink jobs and blue jobs. <laughs> and taking the bins out is a blue job. Funnily yeah. enough, most jobs seem to be blue jobs. <laughs> so 
Bins, do you clean the shoes as well? I'll do, I'll pick up the dog poo from the garden. <laughs> I will, um, yeah, taking the bins out. I, I have to go and do the Corona shop at the moment, the essential oh. shop, because Gemma obviously doesn't want to because she's, mm -hmm. so I, I have to do that. But I, Gemma does, Gemma cooks the dinners. I have to clean up the dinners. I think that's a fair one because mm -hmm. I'm not a very good cook. I can do beans on toast and um, probably that's about it. I can put something in the <laughs> oven. Jamie. No, Jem's the, Jem's the chef. Oh dear. So I am so envious of your wider family setup and obviously all working together at Lash Base. It just seems a bit like the Waltons. You all seem to get on well. You've all got your designated tasks. Your mum, I mean, I listened to her podcast, as I said, on Lash Base. She's in heaven, isn't she? And she's just got the last son embroiled in lash base as well is that right yeah well um he's actually i don't know where the time goes he started uh february last year mm. so it's already been a year wow it was uh, my younger brother's like year anniversary at lash base uh, was the day we landed in america to open up in america obviously we didn't know what was going to happen after that but it was quite exciting to think that dan came on board to help us organize and go for the american launch and without him it wouldn't have happened because we always say like we're we're like the largest lash brand and if you look at our the staff numbers we don't have a large amount of staff that do the the main jobs if you know we've got mm -hmm. lots of warehouse workers that pick and pack the orders we've got office staff that handle um customer service related things but in terms of the decision-making and creative stuff to push a business forward, it falls on the family. Um, so it's always, it's good to have Dan on board because we would never have managed to get our American launch done in that year without him. So yeah, my mum is, she always said she wanted to have her family working for her. She got um, me and my brother pretty straightforward, pretty easy because um, we weren't, doing anything particularly like uh, that was going anywhere necessarily. I loved my previous job, uh, but I could see that it wasn't going to be a career. What's your previous um, job marketing? State agent. Oh yes, of I was. course. So yeah, never, have you had formal training in sales and marketing? No, I'm, I'm self-taught. I've taken a few online courses that I've paid money for, but I must admit that the, the stuff that I've paid money for hasn't been as good as the stuff that you, I've found and learned. I think, um, again, it sounds cliche, but when you find like your thing, it, it's easy for you. I've got, I've got a brain for it. I, I enjoy it. I love like the psychology behind it. I love creating something and then seeing the results of it um uh, i love looking at the data i love actually thinking about it in people people terms so like my jobs going backwards i was an estate agent uh, for four years before joining lash base um or joining a family business i'll say uh which i loved because i was meeting people mm. we had like targets I love targets um so you had to sell certain things to people like, you know, all the standard financial stuff you do that estate agents try to push on you. Um, and yeah, got to meet people, got to travel around. That was good. And then before that I was working at phones for you, 
I think this obviously before it, if anyone's young here that doesn't know what Phones for You is, and phone shop. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked at Phones for You, and again, that's the same, meeting people face-to-face, talking, you had sales targets, you had to sell things. And then before that, I did the rounds of all the call centers. Right. Um, selling people absolute rubbish over the phone, getting paid weekly. I'd get paid on like a Friday. I'd go out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, have no money left by Tuesday, and then you'd be sat waiting until payday on Friday again. Um, yeah, working in a call center. So you have always been in sales, though, in one way or another. Mm, yeah, but funnily enough, I actually hate sales now. I prefer, like, marketing and sales are completely different. I like building a brand. Um, I like creating a feeling for something. Um, and everything that comes along with that rather than right now, if I had to try and sell you something, I'd absolutely hate it. However, uh, I could oh, tell so you something. In, I could they're, tell you. So, they're so intertwined though, aren't they? If you've got good marketing strategies, one, you know, one leads to the other. So mm-hmm. you might not think you're selling, but you are really. No, I, I agree. But the, the, the tactic, if you want to call it a tactic that I use when with marketing and what Lashbase do is, or what we do at Lashbase is we create marketing or sales as a long-term thing. So we know if we genuinely help people, Mm. we know if we genuinely provide a good service, if we genuinely provide everything that we can to the best of our ability, that will at some point convert into a sale. Even if that means that people feel obliged because you've helped them so much, they feel that they must buy something, (laughs) then so be it. But, um, we found that in a, in a game of numbers, if you just genuinely, genuinely help people without even considering trying to ask them to buy anything in the long run, you'll get more sales than if you spend your entire time going, we've got this really good product, buy it, mm. buy it, buy it, buy it. Well, I mean, your customer service is phenomenal. I've experienced it many times and I cannot fault it. So, you know, good for you guys. So we are in this weird zone of COVID-19. How has this affected Lashbase? Um, well, when this all happened, we, so we, we had flew out to America. We were aware of the coronavirus at the time. We didn't, didn't know that this all was going to happen. But we had uh, planned our American launch because we, again, didn't think it was going to close any businesses or stop anything. So we went out and we were in America. Um, things were escalating in America as, as well as they were in the UK. And so we've got me, my mum and my brother were in America. And then my other brother and dad were in England. Um, and we're having to communicate with each other about what's going on. Um, how serious is it getting? Uh, and then because we knew that things were looking like they were all going to be put on lockdown we were all going to have to stop that's when we decided to do the the free product giveaway so it was we can give away as much as we can like now before the lockdown which we did um and then it was the day after or like hours after we had done this this free giveaway that boris did his speech to tell everybody that that's it we we are on lockdown um so we're sat there in an office in america my brother and dad were in the office in England. We've got, it was 91,000, so nearly 100,000 pounds worth of free products to try and get out the door. We had all of our staff 
worried for their families because our warehouse is so like a little warren because mm-hmm. of the way that we've grown grown it and built uh, bought buildings next mm-hmm. door to each other <clears throat> to accommodate the growth rather than just have a big warehouse that we couldn't necessarily accommodate proper social distancing um so in that it was a snap decision we had staff that were worried and scared we had us in america with the um the american news is so extreme so that one that wasn't helping and uh yeah my brother and my dad and my dad does a lot of the bookwork and the accounts and stuff so it was a lot of the responsibility of the staff or all of it fell on my brother's brother's shoulders um so we made a snap decision that was best for everybody that we just closed mm. and that was it the, the good thing is we've run we've run lash base for the entire time um by we if you look to our expenditure sheets and what we spend to what we get in we are very like good with our money we don't overspend on things we don't need to all of or most of the money that we make has been then put back into the business or or saved so we're in a position where for us we could if we wanted to we could be closed for three years Mm. and it'd be okay in three years time so for us it was like okay we'll, we'll do the right thing we'll close because we can still pay the staff um and then they brought out the fur obviously everything for furlough um we we could still pay the staff we're going to have to close america we're going to have to get our flights home move our flights and get home as quick as we can we won't open up america because this is there's no point um so we're we're sat here with a warehouse in america ready to go with with products that if it continues will start to get near their sell by date if you know what i mean and um, we've got staff that we're paying in america we've got staff that we're paying in england obviously they're on furlough now so we'll claim the 80 percent back um when we can um but yeah we're doing all right but it just got to a stage for lash base where we're sat there and we couldn't we we noticed that people couldn't recommend lash base we noticed that there were still people looking to be like creative with the strip lash stuff with the all these online courses that were coming and i must admit the first like few weeks it was or two two and a half weeks were fine like my mum got so much work done like manual work done i don't know if you saw her with a jackhammer thing whatever it was she was doing the terminator yeah she managed she managed to get so much stuff done and we all got a lot of stuff done and had like some almost like well deserved after the stress Mm. of the america stuff and everything's going on we were like look guys everything's gonna be okay let's just enjoy it but i must admit my job i spend a lot of time on social media so seeing everyone still pushing and growing it just i wanted to get involved and it wasn't fun to watch people that would say i normally buy from lash base but they're closed why Mm. don't you go and buy from so and so and it's the thought of like we understood that yeah we we might get um people go elsewhere we we reckon that uh, we estimated around about 70 percent would end up coming back anyway Mm. but um which was fine but it was just the thought that we were all sort of sat there ready and we were the only lash brand it seemed, I believe, in the entire world that had actually stopped. So we had like a, a long meeting and we were just discussing how can we make this work? How 
because it's not right. We should be open. You've got like, I can buy from ASOS. I can buy from New Look. I can buy from, you know, like all of those places, everywhere's mm. open. Just because we're bigger and we've, um, we couldn't manage like a certain number of staff, surely like what, what are other companies doing? And then we saw that Next uh, were opening up for a limited amount of orders each day. And that's what they're doing right now. So we thought, how can that work? So we managed to rearrange our warehouse in such a way um, and we've gone back to like the beginning uh, and right now it is only the butlers that are working in lash base so it is only my mum my and my two brothers my dad and me that are working um, and we've opened up we're having to limit the sales as they're coming in but it is it's like going back to yeah. back to day one sort of thing with it so if anyone receives cool. a package from lash base it's been packed by one of the butlers. Yeah, most likely my mum, to be honest. Oh, go Julie. She's, she's, she's loving it though. I spoke to her today. I spoke to her today and um, she said it's just so good, even though like, because it's a change of scenery, she's in mm. there and it's good to be packing the orders again. Because my mum, even though being the owner of Lash Base, um, you will find her at least once a day downstairs in the warehouse packing orders and now the good thing is we've got me my two brothers and my dad so there's enough of us to like run the business come up with ideas implement new things and and move forward um so it's good for my mum that she literally now just gets to do what she wants when she wants and it's crazy she just wants to be down packing the orders and like being involved in it. So we have to say to her, Mum, how on earth are you supposed to be the CEO of a business and you're here packing orders? Um, but it's pretty cool, I think. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's inspirational. I think it's people insane. will really love that about the business. And I think that the thought of Julie getting her hands dirty in packing the orders is what is part of what makes Lash Base Lash Base. So. What's happening with America? That was a bit of a nightmare. What were Gemma and your son out there when you decided you had to come home or had they been and gone? No, well, we, the original plan was to go out there. We'd like worked out a whole rotor for, um, for the whole, the first year at least, there was always going to be a butler or a couple of butlers out mm. in America for the whole time. So we were going to do like two weeks on, a few weeks off, two weeks on. And, and that's how we had worked it. But the first went, first time we went out there to get it all set up and ready to go, um, we had six weeks, a six-week stint out there. And because of the babies, because of, like, everything, um, and where we, the house we had rented, didn't have a lot of stuff nearby to do, it was just there for us to stay at, then go to work, then go home, then go to work, go home. So the girls, the wives and kids, uh, my brothers and mine, came out for three weeks in the middle. Mm-hmm. So they arrived with us. It was all still starting to kick off. And because it started getting a little bit like worrying across the world, we actually booked the girls and the babies a flight home even earlier. So they ended up only out with us for just under two weeks so that they could be at home because we felt safer knowing that they were isolated in their own home with their own comforts, um, knowing that they've got family that could drop shops off and things like that. Um, And then that left us out there to tie up the loose ends before we then tried to get our flight back home. So that's how we worked it. But um, the state of America right now, we are ready to open when we can get back out there and everything is safe to do so. So Mm. we've got big plans for the UK. 
we're going to get the UK under control first. And then, so when it, when everything goes again, I'm, I don't know what the new normal is going to be, but when everything goes back to normal, we'll probably spend three to four weeks in the UK, making sure everything's fine there to then all go back out to the U S and start the whole reopening opening in the U S then. So I don't know. So do you still have your house out there or is that something that you will need to sort when you, when you start up again? Uh, well, when we were out there, we first, we've got, we got an Airbnb, big house for, uh, that on was Airbnb. terrible, for... wasn't it? <laughs> was that the terrible oh, God, one? Yeah, yeah we, had, we had a terrible house. Then we had a couple of terrible hotels and then we got a really nice house. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were out there, we went to, because we know we're going to be to and fro for the, for the net, for the foreseeable, we, um, viewed a few houses and we put, uh, we bought a house or say bought a house. We're buying a house. So we put okay. our money down on a house, which was, uh, $460,000. And so 370,000 pounds, I think it was. And we were like, that's great. Cause this is just perfect because if we rented whilst mm. every time someone was going back and forth, I think the cost was going to end up being about 60 to 70,000 pound a year. Yeah. And over the course of a, the, the time we would actually need to be over there, it made sense to buy a house cause it's an investment, if anything, anyway, cause you can get your money back. But so we, we're buying a house. Then all of this happened, coronavirus. And because of everything, it had a huge effect on the pound to dollar ratio, like exchange rate. Um, and it meant overnight we were paying 30,000 more pounds than we were the day before. So because of that big swing, we were like, well, we can't we can't move ahead with this. So we said to the people we were buying the house from that we're going to have to pull out. Mm. They've offered us a month long extension because the way you buy a house in America is completely different to in mm. England. It's yeah, it's strange. So they gave us a month long extension to make a decision. Mm. Uh, the pound has recovered so that it would st- it would now be a, a better value for us to continue to buy the house. But the problem is we could buy the house, but we don't still don't know no. when we're going to be going back out there. And from viewing the houses, there are plenty of houses out there. So I think it will make more sense that we're going to pull out from buying the house in America. And next time we go out there, we'll start that search again as well. So long term, this is America is the next target. Do you have plans to expand further around the world? Are you planning a world takeover anytime soon? Um, I think for us, we want, we've got the UK, um, and we can, we still see further growth in the UK mm-hmm. anyway. Um, there's so many more new businesses and new brands coming through, um, the quality of the, the manufacturers out in like Korea and China for lashes. Um, and then the availability of good adhesives and liquids around the UK and Europe to be able to get private labeled has improved. So there's a lot more competition coming for lashes, which means um, in the UK. So we're going to focus heavily on the UK. We're going to, the next step will in the UK will be to improve our services to Europe. Okay. Which when all these Brexit talks and everything's dealt with, we don't know where that will leave us in terms of customs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we know there's a huge market in Europe, which we, hopefully should be able to service from the UK. Um, and then the US is 
I think you've got like, I think it was something like when I last was looking at researching, there's about 1.2 million lash artists in the UK. So wow. just imagine if, yeah, imagine if all of those people bought from you, then that's, yeah. <laughs> so there's a Happy lot of, days. there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of like business to be had. This is why we think like as one of the biggest, if not the biggest, we've got um, now coming up nearly 60,000 customers. Now, to think that there's 1.2 million customers, don't get me wrong, there's also thousands of brands like, and new ones yeah. coming. So no one will have 1.2 million customers. Um, but yeah, so there's growth in the UK. Uh, the US, from the research, there's actually between 6 and 8 million lash artists. Wow. So that's the difference in the size of the market. Um, and if we can just uh, take take a very very small chunk of that the way we've worked in our projections say that if everything goes to plan everything goes right within four years we'll have a business in america the size of the one in the uk i don't know where that would put us in terms of uh, size of versus competition but th then we would be happy with that and we've got it, it, we would then have to look at where we wanted to go next from there we've got funny enough we, we do also have another couple of new businesses that we're working on which are outside of the lash industry oh yes i did hear a whisper of a new business back at the lbx party but i haven't missed an, missed an announcement have i no 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 we're still everything's still secret and under wraps and stuff like that we've got again it was we had the one of the new businesses should have maybe been launching probably this month at like any point this month mm. but again because of everything that's going on it hasn't that's that's pushed back maybe uh two months or a month and a half so that's that's cool um and then uh, the other one was supposed to be launching around about october november time but because of again everything that's going on that looks like it's going to be more like february time next year so um loads of exciting things going on yeah we've got uh, but it's just gonna be cool to start a business from from nothing being a no one being you know like just starting again and seeing seeing what you got is it lash related the new business both both of the new businesses are not one nice. is one is male focused one is female focused but it's um uh not lashes no mm, how interesting so are you are you worried about the fact that all of our lashes or predominantly all come from China. Do you think there's a way we could have lashes that don't come from China or is China the only place really that you're going to get supplies from? Um, I think it's, it's the cost of labor and manufacture mm. for, for doing them. So you've, they're made in China. Vietnam is a place. Vietnam's actually cheaper than China. What you actually find is some manufacturers manufacturing companies in china outsource the actual manufacturing to mm. places in vietnam because it's even cheaper to manufacture in there so um it's about the cost of it because you've got to buy when you see i've see we went out there must have been last year wasn't it last year we went out there and to watch it all being made to see the hundreds and hundreds i think the the factory that we went to at the time had 300 people all sat there and when you watch them, I had a go at making a tray of lashes. It I took me 25 yeah. minutes and it was horrendous. Like there are, when making lashes, there are at every single point of process point of the manufacturing of lashes, you could make a mistake and that tiny mistake just by like half a millimeter or anything 
will ruin that tray of lashes. Mm. And to think that there's 300 people making hundreds and thousands of trays of lashes every single day with such precision, I, I, I have no idea how it could possibly be done in the UK no. unless the prices were absolutely ridiculous. And, I, yeah, that's, that's a shame, isn't it? Because we're all getting a bit worried about our dependence on China for so much stuff. And it's just like, mm. Well, I think the good, the good thing is about um, the lash industry anyway is, is it, at the moment it is only the lashes that, uh, that have, or, or that, the Far East, that ha- you have to get the lashes mm. from. Mm. All of the liquids that you use and everything else that is used within the lash process is there's lots of manuf- well, there's a few manufacturers in the UK, plenty all around Europe. Yeah. So that side of things, I think we're fine. But yeah, I just if there was, I I think one day someone somewhere could and should create a machine that means that trays of lashes are made by machine and not made by humans. Because yeah. if there was a machine. We've talked to the manufacturers before about this, and they said it would cost to create something to be able to produce at scale would cost around about a quarter of a million. Um, so that's a big investment for someone here. And then you'd have to get the the fibers, the PBT fibers, which again, I think they're only manufactured in China anyway. So yeah, catch 22. So you've got your ebook out. How's that going? Yeah, really well. Thank you. We were, this was another one of those where it's like, I give, and we'll continue to give as much information and help away as I can for free always. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all, but there's, there's, there's so much that you can do like for free. Um, if I'm speaking to someone, I can give them 10 minutes of free advice, but what's what people can't get for free because it's just impossible is everything that you know on a subject in one concise place in mm. like in one, one thing. So, um, the plan was to put all of like, my collectively, mine, Amy's and Ellen's like brains together, all of our effort in, because again, lash base weren't open at the time. Um, we'd always wanted to do something like this, but these lockdown times give you that, that kick to say, yeah. do you know what? Now's the time. Um, we worked so hard on it and it really, uh, genuinely so proud of it. We got to, when we were finished, Amy had done the, cause Amy's like our creative. So she does did the design of it and, and put all of like, I wrote most of it. Ellen's uh, like a PR and marketing graduate, uh, very intelligent from union. She, she can put my terrible spelling and grammar into something that is readable uh, so we made like the perfect team. And when we'd finished it and we read through it ourselves, we were like, this is so cool. And we, at that point, it was one of those where it's like, it doesn't matter if anyone buys this or not. And it doesn't matter necessarily to us what the sort of feedback or opinions are, because deep down, we know that, that we are proud of this. Um, so we wanted to wanted to sell it because it was, again, I think it was more just like, that sort of I like target targets and I like mm. uh, say I don't like sales but sell it like to have to because we could have just gone here everybody here's a free download um but I don't know if I'd have got the same sort of like job satisfaction and recognition acknowledgement so it was it, we 
thought we could sell it, but then at the same time, we would be able to use some of the money from that to donate it to um, to charity, to a coronavirus relief fund yeah. as well. So Good idea. That's so cool. can you clear something up for me? Because are, did, you, did you get rid of your ambassadors a short time ago? Because I saw in your stories, like yesterday or today even, that you're now looking for influencers what's the difference what what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah it's um so when we first started our ambassador like program like years and years uh, a few years ago i think it was i think it was ava that was our first one and then then rachel i think um but when we first started it we've seen we had seen these sort of programs and things going around and as you do when you're like naive or inexperienced you sort of just try to follow in the footsteps of others and do what you think should be done because everybody else is doing it um but what never sat right with us was some of the really strict rules that people would get given if you were a brand ambassador and the way it looked like to us was being a brand ambassador was more about you would you would get someone in that's that it would be more of a benefit to the business than it would be to that lash artist so when we first started our brand ambassador program we said right we never ever want it to get to that mm. let's do it like the right way and let's get people on board because they genuinely like clash base let's help them so that they'll help us it's a mutual thing and we'll make it so we that slowly grew over time it was a brilliant team um, that we had um but unfortunately well it's not even unfortunate the way that the industry goes and is going there are so many more new and big opportunities for people and it got to a stage where we felt like we were saying no to our ambassadors more than we were helping them grow. Mm -hmm. Whereas our ambassador program before was all about everything, just push them, put them on the platform. We have the stage, we'll push you because if you get better, then, then it only shines well on us anyway. So it worked really well, but it really got to that stage where everyone was getting all these great opportunities from, from other people. And we were having to say, excuse me, yeah, please don't, don't like you're, you're promoting that more than other brands. Us. You mean? Yeah, other brands and and just uh, like lots of different things. So it got mm. to the stage for us where we just thought, this isn't this isn't working anymore. This is this is unfair to the the lash artists that are our brand ambassadors, and it's unfair to lash base as a business because we can't. We we thought we can't have a brand ambassador that's actively promoting other things. Mm. Because then, then the people that look up to the brand ambassador will say, well, if, if they're not promoting Lash Base, they're promoting something else, then, and they're a brand ambassador for Lash Base, then that means that uh, like, it, there was just a weird, mm. it, just, it didn't seem to work for us. So we thought we would, we would stop the ambassador program, mainly because we wanted people to be able to say yes to all of these opportunities. And like, ever since we've closed it, the amount of like cool things I think like um, Mia has got like a collaboration tweezer with Laura Bell. Yeah. And I mean, like, how cool is that? Like, why would you want to say no to something like that? And um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but every, everyone's like friends within the industry. There's mm. and like people like, um, like Jay Jones, Laura Bell. Uh, I can't remember some of the other names. Sorry. Um, but, 
they they're all offering great opportunities to people and we look like the bad guys having to say no to people so we thought right let's just not because this isn't what we're about we always said we never wanted to do this and we've become everything we didn't want this thing to become so we uh, decided to stop it um as, as as soon as we had made that decision we thought right tell the ambassadors straight away what our decision is because mm-hmm. we can't we can't let this go on any further um, and then since then we thought well what can we do what would be fair how can we go back to where it all began mm. um and that's where we came up with the the sort of like the influencer list that we've got um and it's similar but completely different in the respect of there are no rules you don't have to do anything you don't want to but if you like and or love lash base you can be on our list so that whenever we have anything that we want help promoting we will provide like we've got now over 150 people on this list we've just launched yesterday it's been really it's it's great we're not asking no one has to do anything or change their name or or say anything they can publish and post about whoever they want when they want uh, but when we've got a new product or a new something or or something we want to talk about and we want to be able to get out into the mm. into the industry um, we now can email everybody and say, look, this is what we've got. This is what we can offer you in return for you talking about it. Very transparent, very open. No one has to pretend anything. And then out of that list of people, they can choose to do it. They don't have to. If they do, they get rewarded in in whatever it is that we're, mm-hmm. however we're going to uh, reward them. Because if they're promoting a product for us that helps us, then we'll help, we help them, if you know what I mean. So it's more about that today's day and age is more about influencers than it is about mm. ambassadors. Like if you look at the definition of an ambassador, it's someone that goes out and just spreads nothing, but that one thing they, they are an amb- brand ambassador that all they do is commit themselves to that brand. Um, almost like an employee of the brand. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't want that cause that's not fair. Um, because I think there's, anyone probably anyone listening to this probably buy from two or more maybe three lash brands to for them to build up their their lash stash that they use mm-hmm. for lashing so i don't think it's great when one person does commit to a brand um you'll find that more with like beginners because they'll train with a certain brand and then obviously that's how they get into it that's great um but there's so much out there so much out there so we wanted to create something that that we didn't need to tell people no and people yeah. could if they wanted to help us they can we'll 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 scratch their back if they scratch our back if they don't want to that's completely fine um and we feel that that's a safer way to to keep everybody happy and keep everything open and transparent so similar but different so a little bit more freedom to say yes yes any regrets at all jamie what in life? Yeah, in life, lashes, love. <laughs> <laughs> Regrets of anything at all. Um, I like to think that everything has happened for a reason, and I say it, I say it a lot. I, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You'll end up exactly where you're supposed to be. Um, I, if I could go back, would I maybe not hang around with the friends that I did, and hopefully continue pursuing football? maybe but then if I did that would I now be in this current position and would I feel 
I feel like I've had a great role in, in the rise of Lashbase. And that means if I wasn't here, then where would Lashbase be? Where would the family, like, like, I just don't, I get to spend every day with my family now when we're all loving life. So, so it, I guess, yeah. So no regrets. Not really. Not like, no, no, not like I can think of. On a Sunday. Unless you're just about to bring something up. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> On a Sunday, when the butlers all get together or whichever day or an evening or whatever, when you have a family meal, do you have rules about talking shop? Uh, yeah, we do, because it's not fair on the wives at all, because you've, um, the rules never get stuck to. But it was. So before my brother came on, over a year ago now, uh, there wasn't any work. We tried to stop any work talk because, again, that wasn't fair. There was like, yeah, we couldn't do it. But now there's all of us. Yeah, most most days and dinners and everything turns into work conversation. However, we try not to because otherwise the wives and girl, like say girlfriends, right? The wives are just like, <laughs> and it's it's not fair. So. Yeah, we, we, we try not to, but it's really hard because yeah. obviously it's, it's, it's everything to us. It is, it's almost irresistible. It's, yeah. Any more children on the horizon? Uh, um, again, I don't think I'm... My, my wife, Gemma, had a master plan when she first met me. Uh, a bit freaky, a bit scary. <laughs> and I see, and so far, everything that she said would happen has happened in the order that it's happened. Um, and she has plans for more children. So I guess that means, yes, I have plans for more children. <laughs> it's um, another it's another blue job for you, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't mind that blue job, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fab. Jamie, I ask all of my guests... What three things have you done today that you can pat yourself on the back for? Okay. Um, three things that I have done today. Well, I've got, I've got three things, two of them non-work related, one work related. One of them wouldn't be um, something I can pat myself on the back for normally, but in, in current circumstances it is. I, I managed to get out of bed, have a shower, and have my breakfast and get dressed. So I think it's so weird. I've been working from home and uh, as long as I've got like a t-shirt on and I look kind of respectable, I could still go on Instagram stories. No one knows that I'm in pajamas. Oh no, stop, 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 Jamie, (laughs) stop. Make it stop. (laughs) Anyway, so I got, I got, I got dressed today. I'm pretty happy. And I think when you, when you have a shower and get dressed and as if it's like a normal day, you, I, I feel anyway, and I don't know about anybody else, but I feel more productive and I feel Definitely. like I've got. So um, I'm pretty happy with that. Number two is before the shower, I exercised. Um, I, I, exercise is a massive thing for me. Uh, it's uh, My brain doesn't switch off from work like at all, apart from when I exercise. Um, or when I'm exercising and I'm listening to a podcast like your podcasts or, or any other business related podcast, it's almost like a relaxing way. So I'll go for a run with a podcast on mm-hmm. it's relaxing and it, it gives me a reset, um, makes me feel good. Uh, and yeah, it's something that I'm into, uh, but I got injured recently and since being injured, I can't go for a run or anything. So I've heard, I'm not sure what it is. I've trapped a nerve or something somewhere between my hip and my ankle. 
I can't mm. run. Um, and I think all of that, because of that injury and because I haven't been able to exercise, uh, it all built up until the weekend just gone when I had like a bit of a breakdown. You know, like I'm, I'm positive. I'm always active. Um, I can always see like the good side, the positive side of everything. Uh, but it all just got on top of me and I put it down. I couldn't exercise. Obviously, we weren't like we are working, but you can't go at like full steam. Mm. You can't. I'm not in the office bouncing off of people. Um, it all just got on top of me. So today I said, I'm going to get back into a routine. Um, and although I can't run, I did like a, like a mini hits workout, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe some burpees, press ups and mm. a few things like, yeah, I know I enjoy it. So number two is definitely I exercise this morning. So woke up, exercise, shower, got dressed. And number three is I finally, uh, it's sort of like, finally got a plan a five-year plan for lash base uk now obviously anything can happen in five years and this plan can potentially like change but there's this morning was finally when we um i spoke to video call with my mum and we we finally agreed on like a direction or or the vision that we have for lash base as well as um the future that we see in the industry and how we can make sure that we're going to be part of that um because with with uh, what i do and with with lash base i always try and think of it think of it from like three different angles like you've got to be present with what's going on right now and react to everything like a mm-hmm. lot of what i do is reacting to what's going on um because if you can react quick enough then if you're second or third at doing something or saying something or being present at something um too many that that is still quick enough to be classed as first if you know what i mean so being present looking at the short-term future is the other one what's coming and how can we manage that and then the long-term future like where are we going to be where's the lash industry going to be what's Mm. what can we see as uh, what's going to be normal because i just think if what is it i don't know if it was 10 years ago now maybe a little more than that when the volume lashes first came out and everyone said now nah, that's not gonna last mm. that's not gonna that's not gonna get on no that's that's too fiddly or too much weight because i think the lashes and the thickness and stuff and people said volume lashes weren't going to be a thing but obviously they are people said pre-made fan yeah. pre, pre-made fans weren't going to be a thing i remember like um I was scrolling through my Instagram posts and the Lash Base Instagram posts, uh, 2017 or 2018, the amount of like abuse and stick that pre-made fans got. Don't get me wrong, they've improved since, but it just yeah. shows. And now pre-made fans are so widely accepted. They're accepted by more than they what they're not. Um, I can see that's going to continue. Um, and Mega Volume as well was one that when it first came out, everyone said, oh, God, that's too much. No, nope, no one's going to have that. No, nope, not going to have that but even mega volume has become this big thing. So it was really trying to figure out where in our opinions and experience, where is the industry going to go? Is there, is there any potential for something new? What's, what's going to come along? What is going to go away? Um, and we sort of, we've all come to an agreement at Lash Base at what we believe. And we're going to then try and work towards that. If we're right, we'll be very successful. If we're wrong, then we're going to have to learn that we're wrong quickly and pivot wow well that's intriguing exciting yeah yeah do you think 
that the lash business is going to survive this pandemic with all the social distancing measures that are going to come into place? Are we going um, to be I, able I, to I, lash? I, I, I think I think a lot of people are going to struggle. I think um, I don't see the lash industry going anywhere. I see that continuing. Um, I think that I know we're slightly closer than people like than hairdressers, but people are going to have to get their hair cut. So if if there's going to be a way where you must wear gloves, you must wear a mask, you must um, I don't know. Like there, there's going to be ways that it's going to that's that it's going to slowly start. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see the lash industry completely stopping. However, I see that there are going to be businesses that have struggled or are struggling if they can't, um, if they didn't have the finances or they can't mm. get any of the, the grants or loans or whatever it is that they wanted. So um, scary times, mm. but I, I think it's one that we'll look back on and, and, and talk about as if, that will teach us a lesson to make sure that we're prepared for something like that even though something like this may never happen again well i've tried lashing in gloves jamie it does not work i got stuck to my tweezers stuck to my client i mean you definitely can't crystallize in uh, latex gloves oh dear i and and i have been trying to invent some kind of screen thing to sort of sit between my my client and myself but it's virtually impossible goes over there like that well kind of yeah a sort of flat down thing that's kind of went over their their nose and like a screen between the two of you but then of course you can't get your angles for certain Uh, placement and stuff so it doesn't work but can you please invent something you'll be a very (laughs) wealthy man if you can think about it yeah but then it probably (laughs) have to get mass manufactured in china and then just going back to your meltdown at the weekend define breakdown is that your first the first time that you've kind of been knocked off your feet yeah yeah this um not not forever it isn't but the first time since since the lockdown yeah i've i've done really really well i've got uh up until the weekend my my train of thought was um i love my job and I've still been able to sit at my computer in my like second bedroom here mm. it, it, like as an office and so I've still me and um Jem my wife still structured a day in which I would go to work and then like so I'm in my office working so I still got to work uh but with the added benefit if I got to see Ollie more than I've ever seen him yeah. ever and he's at one and a half years old, so he's still changing all all the time, and it's so much fun. So I've been working like ten till four with a two hour lunch break in the middle, and I've, I've been I've never been happier really, apart from the fact that we it was it wasn't fun not being able to give it a hundred percent with with lash base because we weren't open at the time, um, and I was still getting to go and do like my run in the morning. I was still. Um, yeah, I was. The weather was nice. Mm-hmm. I've got a nice house. Um, we recently we did our garden last year, so it means that we actually have a garden. So thank thank God we actually did the garden because otherwise we'd have been stuck in. So I felt really lucky, felt really happy. Um, but then a combination of um, being injured, so I couldn't exercise. Uh, Ollie had a couple of bad nights. You just a couple of bad mm. nights sleep, which a little bit when you get used to sleeping all right, mm. that little bit of lack of sleep then sort of gets at you. Um the whole work related thing, not being able to having all these big ideas and feeling like you've got all these big plans, but you either don't have enough time for it or you can't do it. 
And for me, I think it all just, it all just got on top of me. And I just thought, cause I, I at the time before it happened, I think I'd been working every day because I was only working 10, four with a two hour break it, it, and weekends don't matter anymore. Do they at the moment? No. Um, so yeah, it all just got, it all got too much. And I just decided like, I, I, I like sh- I like sharing these things when you don't feel all right because I put it like I put it on my Instagram story. It wasn't like a, for attention, but it was so cool to like put it on my Instagram story saying, "Guys, I'm not feeling great. Any recommendations, remedies, or what would you do in this position?" And I've got so many responses of like support and what they would do, and that people feel the same or in the same boat. And then that makes you feel a bit like a bit better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I decided to just have the entire weekend off. Um, from work nothing lash related uh and it, again it was a nice nice weekend so i was in the garden with ollie and my wife and yeah came back on monday just gone and i've like more excited than ever again so yeah it was a little blip but blip. obviously you're only human aren't you absolutely well you've done well to um stay positive through this uncertain times i know a lot of people are experiencing that ebb and flow and sort of roller coaster of emotions throughout this so it's not easy for anyone jamie thank you so much for your time today it's been amazing i've loved your candor and yeah good luck with all those blue jobs (laughs) thank you very much thanks for having me